Hello and welcome to the Psychic Stories podcast, encouraging conversations about mental health. Today I'm speaking to Freya Hickman. Freya is the founder of the Remind app, providing personalized mental wellbeing support to help people rebuild after trauma. Freya, hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's really You're interesting to be here. You're very welcome. And, and I think today we're going to have an open and honest conversation about your mental health journey um, and the exciting journey of the Remind app, uh, which I'm, uh, I, I'm really, well, I've, I've been following for a while, but I'm, I, I'm interested to share with our listeners and to get some insight into, into the tools and techniques that have helped uh, you and available and accessible to other people. And by discussing your journey, we hope to share and normalize the conversations about mental health and in particular trauma in this case, as often people are not alone in these experiences. Does that sound okay with you? Yes, it sounds great. Awesome. Uh, well, Fred, would love to hear about your mental health journey. Yeah, sure. So if um, anyone has seen anything about uh, the Remind story, um, my journey starts really when I was caught up in the London Bridge and Bar Market terror attack in 2017. Um and it really kind of turned my life upside down and I subsequently really struggled with PTSD and anxiety from from uh, being caught up in that event and I was really fortunate that I was able to afford private therapy and completely by chance actually found support from a specialist charity who supports survivors of terror um, and that came about through a conversation about five months later with a with a friend who suggested looking for support groups on Facebook uh, for, for PTSD or related to the event. And I was looking and um, couldn't find anything related to the event, but I found a group for PTSD. And then on one of the other comments that somebody else had posted, and then in that comment thread, somebody had mentioned the Peace Foundation charity. Um, and so I got in touch with them and they were hugely, hugely helpful. Um, in terms of my kind of uh, mental health journey and, and supporting me. So um, I was in therapy for about two years. Um, it took me a really long time to uh, process everything, understand uh, what I was feeling, what had happened, um, and try and really kind of work out, I guess, how I wanted, how I wanted to move forward and how I could move forward with it rather than trying to kind of fight it all the time and so um everything that I learned along the way and the tools that I learned along the way um I decided that actually you know there's something that I can do here I felt like I was in a very fortunate position um in lots of ways to be able to afford the pipe therapy that I had and you know for such a long have that support for such a long time and really wanted to try and help other people because there were so many other people's stories who I heard along the way um, who had been caught up in the same incident or incidents around a similar time who had waited for a year or more uh, to try and get mental health support or access support um, and then when they did it was it was you know six sessions and it, it's not long enough um, you know, when you, when you think about six sessions over the course of six weeks compared to me having weekly therapy over two years, like that's, that's a huge kind of uh, disparity. And 
I just really thought that I could do something to, to help people. Um, and so my background professionally is in the tech space. Uh, so I was actually working for an energy trading uh, company in the energy trading sector, but on their tech team, um, running projects and working with users and stakeholders to really understand their needs and their requirements and translate that into a technical solution and then work really closely alongside the tech team and the developers to build it and deliver it. And so I thought, um, because I'd looked a lot for an app or a digital tool that could help me and I couldn't find one mm -hmm. that met my needs. Um, and so I thought there's something I can do here. And so when I left, when I left that company uh, towards the end of 2019, decided that if I was ever going to give this idea a go, that now is <laughs> now is the time to do it. And so I embarked really um, on starting to build Remind in uh, the beginning of 2020. Um, and it's yeah, it's been a roller coaster of a journey ever since then to get to where we are now. And that and that kind of startup journey, like you said, it it is a roller coaster, isn't it? Like, and I, I suppose at the same time, you it's you know you were coping with your own roller roller coaster personally. And if you don't mind me asking, so when after the event, you you said you went through private therapy, um, and then but also got some specialist support from charity. Now, was was that did, did you did you have both of those support in in kind of tandem um because you know like you said you know the therapy and all what we hear there's a lot of therapy is very very expensive but you know it's it's great if you can afford it if you could go to the nhs the 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 waiting lists are long the offering is only a certain number of sessions and therefore you see that there is a gap for charities to exist mm -hmm. uh, 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 um, who provide subsidized services yeah. but also for the, the the digital space as well so i like yeah it would be great to understand kind of those 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 parallels yeah so i um kind of immediately after the event i was you know really shaken up really affected by it um, I did actually go straight back into the office and straight back to work um, kind of the, the next day um, and they did work me, know about it so work yeah I had texted my boss um, yeah. on the Sunday to let her know what had you know what had happened and then when I got in there when I got into work on the Monday morning and I'd gone in a bit later so I didn't have to uh, deal with the, the crowds on the tube and things like that yeah um and then we had a conversation, went out for coffee. I cried on her, I cried on the next person who, who came over and said, hey, how was your weekend? Um, and so they were really understanding. They sent me home for the rest of the week and said, look, you know, we'll, we'll try and help you, you find some support. Mm -hmm. um, and they were really, really great and supportive. Um, and I'm also really fortunate. My mum is actually a GP and so right, yes. she kind of said, look, I don't really think there's any point in waiting on the NHS unless you really want to. And if you're in a position to, um, I can help you. I'll help, you know, you search the internet. For find private, the right person for your support. Find the right person for my situation. Yeah. And so I was quite lucky in that respect that, you know, mum mum knew what she, what she was looking for. and. Yeah. And so um, I, I think within about six weeks or so had found someone um, to, to talk to. And I, I was, I went back into work kind of the next week and 
um, they would, you know, continue to be really supportive. And then when I said, actually, I'm, I'm going to go to therapy, they let me go early on a Tuesday um, every week for my therapy session. And um, if I needed to work from home the next day, occasionally I was allowed to. Um, and so that was all in incredibly, incredibly helpful. Um, and therapy, you know, my, my therapist was great. You hear lots of times people not necessarily getting along with the first therapist that they find and um, it being a bit of a difficult start. But my, I was, again, hit the jackpot in terms of the therapist who, who we found. And uh, she, she was really lovely and understanding. And, um, but outside of the therapy room, it was still really difficult to kind of put those tools into action. So the, the thing that we worked a lot on in the beginning was kind of around, um, and it's, it's something actually that I've, I've read quite a bit around and learned a lot since in terms of, helping people who've been through a trauma to under establish safety in both mind and body so when you're triggered by um something external so there's lots of you know external events get called triggers and they you know trigger symptoms like a flashback or a panic attack or put you really on edge and make you feel really anxious or hyper alert and the the kind of first thing that you need to do if you've been through a trauma or, or, or that is helpful so that you can start to recover is really establish that you are safe. Yeah. Firstly, that the event is, is actually, it's finished um, because it in some ways it still feels like it's happening or yeah. there's a chance that it's gonna happen again, especially. Um, and your body is on high alert, so to speak. Yeah. It's on that. It's. It, I, I assume, and, and please correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, that it's been shifted to that yeah. kind of fight yeah. or flight yeah. response. Yeah. And I, I, I can only imagine it's very difficult to turn that off, given, yes. you know, like you said, when you have memories and things yeah. which are, which you know, like you said, you know, confined spaces or or, or, or lots yeah. of people which which could trigger that. And with your, yeah. with, with, if you just a quick point, was your the, the therapy that you did was it specific for PTSD? Um, did, did did you find something? Because like we hear on the, on on our podcast quite a lot that people yeah. are finding therapists for specifics, for anxiety, yeah. depression, PTSD, and did, yeah. did, was that important for you? Yeah. So, I the the therapy that I had was trauma focused yeah. and kind of trauma trauma sensitive but I it wasn't necessarily just CBT or talking therapy my therapist was kind of able to use a range of different therapy tools and um, would work which, for trauma which worked you. for trauma that kind of met what I needed at that particular point in time so in the beginning we did a lot of work on grounding and then it kind of moved on to uh, some CBT techniques. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was just me talking to get things out and out in the open. Uh, sometimes, yeah, it was more kind of CBT style therapy to help, you know, help me challenge and reframe my thinking. And, um, and ultimately, it, it seems like that actually, there was not, let's say, one specific tool that would help, but it was a broad range of yes. tools that yeah. you could call upon. And I suppose, yeah. you know, you know, the people talk about their, their, their mental health yeah. toolkit quite a lot, like you yeah. were building your toolkit for yeah. different triggers and events. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because in... Um, and like you, you know, using my day at the at the time as an example, there were so many different things that 
were challenging and were really triggering because um, I wasn't sleeping very well and sleep is still something that I struggle with quite a lot. Um, but I would have, especially back then, really awful nightmares. I would wake up feeling anxious and panicky um, that, you know, makes it hard to go to sleep in the first place. You kind of get to a point where you're almost scared of going to sleep. Um, and then so you, <laughs> you kind of stay up late because you don't want to sleep. And then when you do fall asleep, you have a really um, restless sleep. So you don't actually feel kind of refreshed when you wake up in the morning you feel really anxious on an edge and then you've got to go and get the tube to get to work which or the you know the train which is crammed full of people mm. um and crowded spaces for me um especially with people kind of prodding and poking me mm. in the back of my side became very very uncomfortable and very kind of uh felt very threatening yeah. um and so the journey to work was a real uh, struggle and very stressful. Mm. And that's before I sat down at my desk at nine o'clock in the morning. Like I've just, I just had to try and find a way to reduce or, you know, waking up in a, in a, in a anxious state, hyper alert state, and then have to try get the train, make it to my desk, walking down the road. Um, I was working in Liverpool street in central London. Mm. There is busy. Really, really busy, loads yeah. of people, sirens all the time. Sirens yeah. again were another kind of huge trigger for me. Yeah. Um, and so just to get to my desk to make it to work, it felt like a huge, huge challenge. And so by the time I made it to my desk, you exhausted. Like a, <laughs> yeah, exhausted, but it was also like a huge relief that I just managed to get there. Yeah. Um, and work for me was actually a really kind of helpful distraction because mm. it was a really busy, dynamic working environment. And ah. so I, I actually kind of almost in some ways found a bit of an escape in work, I guess, because it was something that I could like throw everything into. But mm. yeah, there are so many triggers um, that, you know, because when I went to get my sandwich at lunchtime, again, I'm faced with lots of people, sirens, and um, that was really difficult. People saying, oh, do you want to come and grab a drink after work? Okay, it's a dark, you know, potentially dark, busy bar. Um, glasses smashing on the floor, again, was another kind of huge trigger for me. I would probably be two metres away from you and in tears before I actually knew what was like what was happening and what was going on. And so um, we spent a lot of time working through what the very, and in the beginning, I, I couldn't actually have told you what those triggers were. It's quite difficult, can be quite difficult to identify some of them. Um, and so it took a lot of, of time to learn what they were and then also learn different tools and techniques that I could use in those moments to ground myself. Um, and, you know, it, it also felt really embarrassing at the time. Like if I'm out with a group of people and then suddenly in a flood of tears because somebody dropped a glass mm -hmm. beside me. Um, and so learning kind of how to manage all those things and work my way through it took it it took a lot of time and a lot of a lot of learning and it it is it is like you said it's about building up a toolkit of things that you can use and um, mm. and you kind of have to practice them when you're not in that panic state mm. as well so that actually 
it's something you can reach for when you when you are or you yeah. are uh, caught off guard or, or triggered and and do you, do, you, do you find that like you say it sounds like it's still it's still ongoing mm-hmm. yeah it's so it's definitely a lot less mm. it's a lot less I've got um I've got a lot of coping strategies now that I just didn't have I didn't have them I wasn't aware of them I wasn't aware that I needed them but also you're not taught them right no exactly yeah. you're not you're not taught them um I I didn't really yeah I didn't really I probably wasn't overly great at looking after myself and mm. I've I've had to learn um self-care is like a huge buzzword especially in the mental health space but I it's so important because you need to take like you need to look after yourself um and if you are looking after yourself it makes it easier to to do everything else um and it makes it easier to take care of your mental health and that was something that I definitely learned kind of the hard way but I also wasn't I wasn't really aware at the time of like what those things were that I needed to be doing um because yeah maybe maybe sometimes it is uh doing some adult coloring um or running a bath or going for a walk or Mm. calling a friend but actually like at which point in time do you do what one of those things and people can say oh why don't you try this why don't you try that and you have all these ideas thrown at you and you're like Mm. I I didn't which where do I start which one to try first and like that's overwhelming in in itself and so I figured a lot of that out now but again like it it takes it takes time um but the triggers like the triggers as well die down over time so Mm. for example like now if there's a siren uh were to go past me in the street I would hear it I would notice it but I'm probably not going to take you know walk across the pavement to get away from it because I I know that it's there and I've noticed it and I'm aware of it but I don't feel the need to move anymore and my reactions aren't too strong my body has kind of slowly calmed down um because a lot of trauma is held in the body so Mm -hmm. there's a book called the body keeps the score um by Bessel van der Kolk and the title of that book is just so incredibly accurate because a lot of your kind of trauma memory is held in the body and the body will put you straight back in that fight or flight mode and react before your brain can actually catch up with what's happening um and I think over over time and kind of practice and actually exposure to triggers it's kind of really important that you are exposed to triggers and that you do to some extent encourage yourself to to do the things that you find difficult um because it helps you to realize and break that cycle of actually this isn't a threat anymore this isn't a danger and I can I can do this and actually it's it's going to be okay and even if I panic, I'm going to panic and that's going to be okay too. Yeah. Um, and those are kind of really important things to, to learn and to realise that I definitely didn't think in the beginning. And uh, when you were saying earlier about 
feeling overwhelmed about the number of kind of possible coping strategies out there is it a case of being guided was it a case of kind of experimenting and learning yourself what works for you you know in the right moment and the right time yeah I think I think it's a bit of both like I think if you uh sometimes if you have someone that you can you know try something with maybe if you want to try a new hobby or a new activity um and you have a friend who already does it and um, it can be really great you know to to do with somebody so if you've got a friend who's like really into drawing or really into painting you can kind of sit down and say hey come like maybe give it a go we can go and try a class or something like that um and I think it is just a case also of just experimenting and kind of maybe buying a coloring book and see if it helps you yeah it it wasn't my it wasn't my favorite activity I would much rather uh read or watch something or um you know that yeah drawing is is preferable for me over coloring but like there are just so many different things that you can do but again um you also can't you can't do all of them and I think that there's this idea with self-care that we're you know we're supposed to be doing all these like 10 different things and actually sometimes self-care can be as simple as if you're really thirsty and you want a cup of tea take five ten minutes and go and make yourself a cup of tea in the kitchen and just kind of like nurture yourself like that it doesn't it doesn't have to be a big ritual or it doesn't have to be a big activity um, it seems to me that self-care is often not about the activity it's about the it's about noticing and being aware of how you're feeling and yeah if for example you are feeling you're at work or or you know or, or, or like, like you with with, yeah. with running remind which is you know which is i should assume a roller coaster very stressful sometimes just to go just to go okay i'm feeling not quite okay even if you can't you know if you can't name it or label it I'm not feeling as positive as I did previously Mm -hmm. let's just notice that and you know sometimes it's the case I sometimes thinking thinking rather than doing something it's going just accepting that okay yeah yeah, I I don't feel that good today and sometimes that's enough right you kind of go okay right well I'll give myself a break I won't you know I might lower the expectation slightly and suddenly you feel better and you had to actually haven't done anything all I've done is probably looked up for about five seconds figured all of this out and then gone back to work yeah but yeah there's a from an external perspective nothing's happened but from an internal perspective like you said there's been a big shift yeah I think the power of acknowledgement um is isn't to be underestimated and I think acknowledging how you're feeling and not trying to fight it or not trying to push it away um is also really important and you know people talk about kind of sitting sitting with your feelings and sitting with your difficult emotions and sometimes that is actually you know like don't you need to not push yourself too hard and if you are feeling a bit down um I would you know would quite often just try and push myself to kind of push through it and get through it and um that's what you think you need to do yeah, on with it you think yeah. <laughs> exactly you think you need to do it and actually you can still kind of get on with it but if you only do 50 percent and you just okay, say okay well I don't feel great and if I can do this and I've tried then yeah. that's enough and mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's about recognizing you don't have to just get on with it and you can ask yourself okay actually what do I 
what do I really need? Like, what do I need at this moment right now? Or what will make me feel a bit better? Or what will make me happy? Um, And I went through through this phase of kind of everything I was doing, thinking like, is this going to make me happy? And asking myself that question quite a lot because there were times when I was trying to get on with it or push through something when I wasn't feeling great. And actually trying to push through it was going to make me feel worse rather mm. than make me feel better. And so what's the point, right? <laughs> it wasn't exactly like it wasn't really worth it. Yeah. Um, but it takes again, it takes a lot of kind of in uh, inward looking or like yeah learning from yourself what you actually need in those moments to help help you get through them and and you learn that by talking to yourself in some respects and listening to the answers like it might seem you know it's always a strange concept but like you said like just getting on with it that stops you having any space to ask yourself any questions is the i mean uh, yeah sometimes it's sometimes it's useful it's like i don't want to think about that stuff yeah i'm just going to do this that's fine because because at least you've consciously done it whereas if you consciously you know i think you mentioned with work as well it was a good escapism and i was thinking whilst you said that i was thinking it was great you were doing therapy at the same time because that created the space for you to you know have some very difficult questions and thoughts but at the same time it's what you need in that balance but if you're always on that kind of I'm just going to ignore everything and keep going then well frankly I don't think you know where you're going because you haven't asked yourself the question and there's that all-important question of why and like you said if you can't come up with a good reason why you're doing something then it's often not a great thing to be doing (laughs) (laughs) you know it it, it, it doesn't make much sense yeah exactly and I I think as well like at some point it will catch up with you if you push things away for long enough they will catch up with you um and that I think specifically the trauma right yes exactly um you know there's some really big and big and difficult feelings and there were things that had happened you know there were things that had happened previously that this trauma had brought up that I hadn't necessarily acknowledged or okay. dealt with and you so know things had, be- the things before the event yeah so things yeah. before the event like not necessarily not necessarily anything big yeah. but you know um things that yeah just just kind of life stuff yeah. um just growing up right yeah and yeah. and if you don't make space if you don't make space for things mm. it can come up and and get you um, and at some point it's all going to bubble it's all going to bubble over and you uh my therapist actually gave me a really really great analogy of it's a bit like a laundry cupboard in your in your mind and your emotions and if you have a laundry cupboard that you you know don't you don't iron or fold anything for you you put it away you pick it out of the washing basket and you you put it in and you kind of um, shove it in the cupboard yeah. and then you slam the door on it and then you next time you put something in something happens you again kind of put it in and sh- shut the door at some point it's all going to fall back out on top of you because it's so messy and so jumbled it's just going to come it's just going to overflow and fall back on you mm. and actually what you're looking to do is to try and put kind of take it out look at it understand it accept it you don't have to like it you don't have to 
yeah you you don't have to like it you you don't necessarily have to do anything with it but knowing that it's there and you can fold it up neatly and put it back in the sh- its kind of place in the cupboard knowing that you've considered it knowing you, yeah you've looked exactly. at it you think okay this is where this yeah. goes this is how it's folded yeah yeah and you pop it and you yeah, pop it back you. in the cupboard I like that I really like that. that actually like the cupboard is then neatly <laughs> piled <laughs> of laundry yeah and it's not going to fall on top of you yeah. and you might have your favorite things in there and you might have you know your least favorite things in there mm. and that old jumper that you really hate but it's it's there and you know that it's there and that's okay mm. um and it's okay that all of these things are there but they're not going to jump out the cupboard and and mm. kind of fall on top of you and and for me that was a really kind of great way to, to try yeah. and make sense of, of what was going on for me and um yeah it, it's something that I still kind of think mm. about and if I'm having a difficult time and I think oh maybe I should just go on with it I think no actually like just sit you know just sit with this and and mm. if I don't feel if I don't feel 100% today that's okay I don't I don't feel 100% and mm. I I can try my best and I think for me part of what was really important um was going back to what you were just saying around like the way that you talk to yourself because I think most people do have a kind of inner dialogue with themselves in their Mm. head around um you know what they're doing or what they're thinking and um some people don't listen to it do they yeah some people some people don't listen to it which in some ways could be sometimes that could be good things other people pay too much attention to it and 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 you know I know that I sometimes can be really hard on myself Mm. and so I have actively had to try to learn to be more self-compassionate and be kinder to myself because Mm. actually I don't need to push through things if it's not going to help me or it's not going to um you know, I'm not going to be happy at the end of it. It's going to make me. It's going to make me feel miserable. I, um, you know, I can be kind. I can be kinder to myself, or I can say, well, I can try rather than I have to do X, Y, and Z. I can try, and if I've tried, then that's enough. Mm. And it it's a way of kind of reframing things so yeah. that you you can give yourself that extra bit of space and time, um to do the things that you need to do and to reflect and mm. and kind of understand and just you know be yeah. <laughs> and I think it it sounds really kind of cliche but I think um just trying to be in the present moment is also something that is is really helpful and and really mm. powerful and mm. if I had a pound <laughs> for the the number of times that everyone has said to me why don't you try meditation? Yeah. Meditation will will fix you <laughs> almost. Yeah. Like that's kind of how how people sometimes I think uh, try to sort of sell meditation to you, yeah. especially if they know that you're having a difficult time with your mental health. And yeah, it feels a little bit exploitative, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> I often think that it's like this will fix you for fifty pounds a month. <laughs> well, yeah, well yeah I could try it, it yeah but it's it, it's what happens when it doesn't work yeah 
meditation meditation and yoga were probably two of the most highly recommended activities uh to me and I I think the first couple of times I tried them there was almost like so much expectation that this I was going to feel amazing afterwards and it was going to be all of these things and it just wasn't yeah and I I, and then the next time someone said it I was like no I don't want to do it yeah and because because it hadn't (laughs) what was the response of that person (laughs) (laughs) but they they I I don't remember the uh, like any kind of specific conversations but people would would you know well you never know why don't you just try it again oh my god no I've tried it doesn't work go away (laughs) (laughs) it didn't work it wasn't for me uh well if you just give it another go yeah download this other app and spend 50 55 quid a month it will definitely help you it's like yeah it's it's so it's so difficult um and I think that in the beginning I didn't I didn't want to do meditation at all and now it is something again it is in my toolbox now and I do use meditation and mindfulness in the right context for you in the right context when I find it helpful but I had to I had to kind of find it and come to it myself it was it wasn't something that um it was yeah it wasn't when people were kind of pushing me to do it it wasn't something that I felt like I could could do um but now now that I've kind of tried and experimented with lots of different things Mm -hmm. um it is something and breathe breathing probably more like deep breathing exercises probably yeah. more so uh than meditation actually I quite I quite like doing and it does give me um a sense of of calm and yeah. and kind of de-stresses my I can tell when I feel stressed because my body gets yeah. <laughs> kind of uptight and yeah. I can feel the tension but deep breathing especially kind of helps it to unwind a bit and and relax mm. and, and guess what it's free yes <laughs> zero pounds per month everyone big breath in seven holes eight out yeah and and you know and you know i know i say this in jest but i do say this a lot yeah. like yeah you know if you're feeling stressed like you know people say you know you know obviously you can learn how to deep breathe of course of course mm. but you know this the idea of of deep breathing and the activation of the various um, pathways within your body that help you relax it's it's clinically proven it's shown and there's things like you said like you know you said that you know that I'm sure there's lots of self-care and self you know you know I, I'm certainly not averse to you know to paying for things when it when it's needed but yeah got to be right and on your terms you know yeah. like and you yeah. like you said if something works for you and that thing is breathing deeply then yes you should do more breathing frankly yes you know what I mean like and that's the and and I think people should also recognize is when people do say oh I do breathing exercises that that is you know you know that's when you should you know you look at someone and say okay great you've you found something that works for you I'm not going to continue to pander you with some ridiculous ideas that might not work yeah yeah Yeah. I should try breathing more (laughs) yeah yeah I think sometimes people can be very keen and and you know yes. want to help and want to be supportive it always comes from a good place it's always coming from a, a really good place yeah. um and so, sometimes 
even though you know it's coming from a good place it can be a little bit difficult to be on the receiving end of yeah, yeah, um sure. but i think that recognizing that it is coming from a good place and you know they're trying to be helpful and it's because they care that they you know they want to help and if that's something that works for them and they feel passionately about it yeah and yeah. um, they're probably going to try to encourage you with that more yeah. um and and it yeah it, it it is because it is because they care but <laughs> if um if people can like when you do find something that works for you that's great and kind of be happy happy for you that you found your thing um it that is easier but I think when you're when you're kind of in that phase if you're still feeling a bit lost and you haven't worked out what those things are yet mm. um it's that I think is harder for people around you to kind of yeah. see because it's hard it's hard for people to watch right like if your mm, friend or yeah. family member is struggling it's difficult and you you want to help you that's what mm. people want to do people want to give you ideas um to be supportive because I think especially with trauma people don't always know what to say or what to do or how to respond and so yeah. if there's a kind of practical way of helping and it's to suggest meditation or suggest yoga or suggest um something else then that's a kind of practical way that I think people feel like they they can help yeah I'd like to talk about the reminder yeah which is yeah. a big part of your life now yes <laughs> so it seems like and you know from you know from you know at psychic we, we have a we have a we have a free mental yeah. health app mm-hmm. and it it seems like it's come from a very similar place where you've got expensive therapy, you've got waiting lists, waiting times, and you've got the opportunity for technology to help, digital you know, technology specifically, to help bring some of these tools and techniques to a broad range of people, not to replace the mm-hmm. intensive therapy, but to provide yeah. a safety net for people. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, frankly, in, you know, in across the world can provide comfort and solace and you know and support for people whilst they are waiting for support now that was our perspective I would love to hear from your perspective like how did the idea for a mind come about it's a big decision Mm -hmm. going from employment to self-employment I wonder whether you ask yourself you know as part of that kind of being more kind of aware and mindful whether actually that led to some thoughts about starting something on your own and would love to hear about the remind journey to date yeah sure so um I had so I had the um idea really it kind of came from the things that were helping me so we've we've talked quite a bit around like you know me learning how to try and take care of myself and what was working for me and what wasn't working for me um kind of equally as importantly and um I had the idea probably towards the end of 2018-ish for for an app that would help because I had been looking around for something, uh, trying to use lots of different apps, ended up using uh, several different different things and different tools. And like you said, in some cases, you end up paying for more more than one uh, subscription and and tool that you can use. and and not finding anything that met my needs and also not finding anything that was that was 
um, more specific to trauma or to PTSD. Again, that literally nothing. Me. Uh, not that I not that I found at the time. I have found there are a handful of PTSD apps out there yeah. now that I have found since then, but I couldn't find anything what I wanted at the time, um, which was essentially me capturing lists of things that I yeah. liked about myself that were working for me, that were helping me. Um, yeah, all all these kinds of these different things um to help to help me understand things better and to help me access tools when I needed them essentially um and so I had this idea I kind of toyed around with it a little bit and then I didn't really (laughs) didn't really do anything with it um and it was just kind of in the background and then when I left my role um, in search of a new challenge essentially when I when I left the company that I was working for um I I hadn't at that point in time made the decision I don't think I think there was something in me that, that kind of knew that that was the path I probably wanted to go down but I was also toying around with the idea of doing a master's in psychology yeah. and looking at other things that I could do in, in the mental health space um, and took a bit of a leap of faith uh, leaving without having um, a full kind of plan yeah. in place. Um, but it's very difficult to come up with a plan, isn't it? It can't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I guess a lot of people, if you leave, if you leave a, or hand in your notice, you've got another job lined up that you're that you're going to, or like something that you're definitely going on yeah. to do. And and I I think there was part of me that maybe deep down knew that this was what I wanted to do, and I hadn't quite got there. But the two and a half months that I spent on gardening leave, thinking about it and kind of mulling it yeah. over, which <laughs> yeah. um, does help, got, right? Yeah, yeah, got me to the point that I was like. If I'm ever going to give this a go, the time is now. There are so many people that need help. I feel like it's something really meaningful. It's I feel really passionately about helping other people who've been through similar things or you know horrendous things, and I want to help them because I've been there, and it's really hard. Yeah, and it's really difficult, and there's you know I would have found even this conversation with with you um really hard even a year ago Mm. like a year and a half ago I found it so difficult to talk to uh, friends and family around me about what I was going through and what I was experiencing and desperately wanted (laughs) wanted to try and do something to help other other people through Mm. through their pain and through their their trauma and learn the tools that they needed that they could start rebuilding mm. um and so I started working on the idea in February last year just as the just as the pandemic kind of started unfolding mm. um and you know I've never built a business before I've come from a completely different sector energy trading is obviously very different to the mental mm. health space um so I there was a lot for me to try to learn and also I didn't have a co-founder kind of setting out on this journey by myself um, oh, brave. 
I <laughs> thank you. Um, but, but I suppose for you, it, it seems it seems brave to a lot of people. But for you, it's perhaps like the obvious path. I think it just it felt like it was something not that I had to do, but I want like I really wanted yeah. to, to do. Um, well, at least try, right? And, That's yeah, the other thing. Yeah, it's like it's sit, exactly. let's just see how far we go with it. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted I wanted to give it a go. And I remember having a conversation with my mum where. I was a bit like, well, I've got this thing, but I'm not really sure. And she said, I think you'll regret it if you don't. Yeah. And I think that that was, that was kind of the big thing for me was I didn't want to regret not giving it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I start, yeah, I started working on it. Um, initially I wanted it to be a more generic mental health app. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was having lots of conversations with people around this idea that I had and kind of trying to build a network in the mental health space at the same time um and because I I didn't know anybody in the mental health uh, space um when I started on this journey um and it just didn't it didn't really quite click and it didn't really quite fit and then kind of about six months in um, through a couple of more conversations that I've been having with various different people, okay, I need to I need to take this back to the story that it started from, which and the experience that I had, which was trauma. And ever since I've decided to focus remind on trauma, mm. something seems to have clicked somewhere with people, and um, the app idea like concept makes more sense the purpose behind it makes more sense yeah and, it's a very clear purpose right and <laughs> and 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 stems from a very clear very mm. personal story and experience yeah and frankly a gap yes yeah yeah you know it, like it, i experienced this i did not have this support yeah i would like it, to provide that support yeah exactly um and so from kind of August time last year, uh, really. So I'm lucky in terms of I've, uh, I took part in the Zinc Academy program. Um, I've been on the One Tech Accelerator program, which is like a startup awesome. uh, program. Um, and I've been speaking to lots of, of charities along the way, like uh, PTSD UK, the Peace Foundation have been very supportive. Mm-hmm. You've been very supportive. Um, so, it, built you know slowly building up all these different relationships with people who who were very supportive of the you know the concept and the idea and um I it has also been very important to me to work very closely with people who have experienced trauma um and I am just one person so I've had one particular experience but there are hundreds and thousands of people out there who have experienced a traumatic event and subsequently experienced trauma and so it was really important to me to work very closely with trauma survivors in order to understand really what the gap was beyond just the gap that I experienced and to kind of design it with, with you know, with those people in mind and get lots of feedback and input from, from them as, um, as the process of designing the app uh, grew and, and developed and so uh, we conducted I conducted a survey um, 
towards the end of last year, which 250 people responded to, um, which was an incredible response um, and really helped to to kind of highlight where that gap was even more. And then um, there were probably about 10 or so people who took part um, in a research conversation interview type process where they, you know, very kindly and bravely shared their experiences and their stories. And I, I feel really honored and privileged that people opened up to me um, in the way that they they did to just share their experiences of seeking mental health support after experiencing a traumatic event. Um, and then that enabled me to uh, design the app. I built the app um, in a no-code platform. Um, and then we've recently uh, just run a pilot with 17 people that has been really successful. The feedback um, has, has been really, really positive and encouraging. Um, but lots, also constructive as well. Lots and lots of constructive points to yeah. learn from um, to help, you know, that's all kind of feeding into the product roadmap. Um, so we've got lots of um, lots of ideas on what, you know, points to build on, what to improve, mm. how to kind of move it forward. Um, and just to put this into context for yeah. those people who 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 haven't you know haven't worked yeah. in, in a startup before, yeah. right? Freya has, <laughs> from an experience, and from a thought, right? Mm-hmm. Started yeah. completely from scratch. You didn't have a tech developer, so no. you built it yourself. Yeah. On a no-code platform. Yeah. And now you have conducted a. A, I suppose it's a validation trial, but in some respects, kind of like a partial yeah, almost efficacy like, trial in a way. Yeah, almost like a proof of concept yeah. in, in some ways, just to, to prove, like firstly, to prove that there was a, a need for the product yeah. and um, that people wanted it and would use it if it was available. And then also to uh, demonstrate um, that it would deliver the benefits that it was designed to and that people you know were actually getting a benefit out of out of using it um and i'm yeah delighted to be able to say that 86 percent of the people who who used it felt that it was helping them um which is is great and so it certainly validates your your (laughs) it, it validates the idea to continue doesn't it yeah exactly exactly so it validates the idea to continue and so uh we're now looking at potentially running a larger pilot of the app um which is more aimed at looking at the kind of efficacy of the app um and and that kind of thing um and also fundraising and raising some investments so that we but you've done this on your own I've, yeah, so, so far. It, it, it is staggering, honestly. Like having, you know, like working with Psychic with our community of volunteers. We've got a group of volunteers, like you know, working in startups, seeing people work with co-founders. You have done this on your own, which is just amazing. Thank you. I mean, I've had I've had a lot of support in yeah. terms of I've had a lot of support from you know my dad, my partner, yeah. uh, kind of friends and family. I've got a couple of advisors who I'm now working with, um, who are you know one of them's a clinician and one of them's a researcher, um, and so I've you've driven it right. Well, I've got I've got support in a yeah. kind of more informal way. 
and um, that I definitely don't <laughs> don't take for granted yeah. but um yeah I mean I wouldn't have got here completely <laughs> completely by myself so no, of course not yeah and it's a team but yeah and it's always a case of you know you know to, it's, it's very important to recognize that you know, obviously you, you know you know often these things aren't done in complete isolation but you're the one who's driving it and driving it forward you're reaching out to those for support for ideas and to, yeah. to, to keep yeah. it carrying pushing yeah. it forward maybe to add yeah. some fuel yeah but yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're yeah. the one driving it, which is, it, it is amazing. And, and I think, I think, from, I mean, we, for a sidekick, we absolutely love what you're doing. Not just, you. not just in terms of you personally, but in terms of actually what it stands for as well. The idea that you're, you're, you're providing digital support and lower cost digital support yeah. for those people who are struggling in a specific way. Mm-hmm. And on that kind of idea that, exploring and trying lots of different things yeah and working out what works for you is is a very very sensible way forward and really tackles that idea of like you said not one size fits all and you have experience but someone else has, even if they were at the same event has a completely different experience yeah. and that's that you know I think getting that right is and I certainly know from our experience we, we, we've been working on our app for three years it's really difficult to get right yeah and to find a a a a concept and validate it and then get people to even bloody understand it is tricky and it seems like what you've done is you know in terms of the 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 effort and the drive and i i can only assume that that effort the drive is is from that very personal place and experience which as a result of those those traumatic events yeah, I think the drive, the drive definitely comes from me wanting to do something for the Freya, you know, four and a half years ago now, who was in a world of pain, couldn't, couldn't articulate what she was going through, didn't really understand, didn't really, you know, was just, just surviving really kind of day to day um and just you know feeling feeling very lost and wondering what on earth the future could possibly could possibly hold and and not feeling like I had all of the help that I needed or wanted and um not really knowing like how I was how I was going to get through um and it it's really just to help anyone who might be in that position if that you know if this is something that I can do that makes a difference to somebody else then that that is what I'm set out to do yeah yeah and I mean from from, from all of us a sidekick we will continue to support you in your journey because yeah frankly I think it's amazing you know, like it, it really is. Um, and I can only say thank you very much for a, a fascinating, insightful conversation. One going back to that traumatic event, but also to talk about your 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 recovery um, and continued recovery, and also um, talking about Remind, which we are very excited about hearing its continued progress. Thank you, thank you so much. It's been absolutely wonderful to chat to you, and I really do appreciate all of your support. And you know, likewise, I think everything that you guys are doing is awesome um and in a very different way so i'm really excited to to kind of be on this journey with you 
um, and see how they how they both move forward. Sounds great to me. And thank you so much to everyone listening. You can subscribe to us on most major podcast platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, search for Psychic Community or Psychic Stories and we'll pop up. And please do give us a rating if you like the show. Now, at the end of every podcast, I always I always talk about the, 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 the our free Psychic app. But in this case, given that we are supporting Remind, I would like just to hand over a little bit to Freya, um, just to say, you know, to everyone listening, a little bit about the Remind app, what they could do, when it can come, when's it coming out, and these kind of things, just to give you a little bit of a platform um, to spread the message about Remind. Thank you. So, um, Remind is designed to um, help and support trauma survivors to rebuild their lives. So that's anybody who is struggling um, in the aftermath of a traumatic event, uh, with or without a diagnosis of PTSD or complex PTSD, otherwise known as CPTSD. Um, and the app isn't out yet. Hopefully it will be coming out either towards the end of this year or probably more likely um, early next year. Um, but if you would like to be involved in any of our testing, then please do uh, get in touch via the website or um, drop me an email, freya at remindhealth.io. Um, and the app really it's it's there so that it provides in the moment support in your pocket through those moments of distress whether that's you feeling anxious or hyper alert or having a panic attack or a flashback um any of those kinds of things it enables you to to track and, and see how you're feeling um and also lots of resources and, and information on trauma and ptsd too so please yeah do do check it out and please do also get in touch if you've got any questions or would like to be involved in the development of the app because it's really important to to me and to um to remind that we are designing it uh with you the person who's using it at the center of everything that we're doing thank you thanks so much for it and uh, just for, for that website your website www.remindhealth.io i believe yes Yes. Awesome. Cool. Um, thank you so much again, Freya. No, thank you. Thank you.